Welcome everyone to another episode of Let's Chat About Death. My name is Chris and I'm going to be joined by a very, very special person today and her name is Robin O'Connell. Now Robin has several roles in our community and one of them that is near and dear to us today is a foundational charity that Robin had started up and it's called Rebecca Jane Foundation. So I want everyone to put their hands together for Robin. Yeah, I know, I know. Yep, she is, she is it. Yep. <laughs> Welcome, Robin. Welcome. Thank you, and thank you for having me. No, that's our pleasure. So Rebecca Jane Foundation, how did how did this all come about? Well, it's a bit of a long story. Uh And to understand it, I think you have to go back to the beginning. In 1978, a baby called Rebecca Jane was born. She lived until she was nearly 10 months old. And then she died unexpectedly. She died from what was then called cot death, which is now sudden infant death syndrome. And Robin's parents found themselves, they were a single income family with no money. And and the thought hadn't occurred that they may have to pay for a funeral. So it wasn't until their parish priest popped up and said, look, we will cover the cost of the funeral, that there was a huge relief because, you know, at that stage, funerals weren't cheap. They they really weren't. So the parish paid for Rebecca's funeral. I am Rebecca's mum. And I have never forgotten that kindness. And I remember so vividly thinking, where would we have got the money from? Like, we had nothing. And so, you know, it was... And it didn't occur to us to even ask family and friends Mm. because, like, none of our family and friends were affluent and we were a single-income family. And so when the parish paid for her funeral and she's buried at Templestowe's Templestowe Cemetery in Melbourne and we were just so grateful for everything that we'd done and so I became very involved with the parish and in fact was a church organist for 35 years and uh, played at many funerals. That's a skill that I didn't know about you so there you go. You can just forget (laughs) it now because I don't do it anymore. Uh, So I I played at funerals for you know 35 years and and it was my way of kind of giving back and Mm. And, um, and, and, of course, like every newly bereaved parent, the first thing you want to do is raise money to find out what happened. Yeah. The second is that you go into counselling and you, you know, want to help other people mm-hmm. through the same thing. So I studied grief counselling and did all that sort of stuff. And then uh, once, you know, once I found that I couldn't really detach myself that much from these families... I realised that uh, when I went to visit people that it was education that needed more than anything else because nobody knew what to do with somebody who was newly bereaved. No. Not, no. Just, not just for a baby but for anyone. Yeah, and probably back in that era too it was very different. Society was. was so different to what we have today. 
I literally had people cross the street when they see me so that I did, they didn't have to face me. And I remember being in a newsagent and one of the people from my mum's group was there who obviously hadn't heard. And so we're standing in the newsagency and she's got her baby and she said to me, where's Becky? And I had mm. to tell her that Becky had died. And she immediately broke down and started sobbing. And I was standing there holding her, comforting her, thinking, I think this is the wrong way around. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, people totally. are meant to comfort me. But yeah. like a lot of bereaved parents, particularly as soon as you tell someone, you actually become the caring person yeah. because people don't know what to do. No. They don't know what to say. No. So community education became a very big part of my life. I used to train ambulance officers, police officers, emergency service people yeah. in hospitals and stuff like that on how to deal with the families of the brief. But what I found when I started doing that was that it wasn't uh, – I, I had to teach them about grief before yeah. I could teach them about the particularities about a baby dying. Definitely. They had they didn't have the skills to deal with a normal bereavement, mm -hmm. let alone that. So, yeah. so that was kind of where my journey went to. But there was just still this constant – wanting to help other people the way that I had been helped. It took 40 years <laughs> um, and it was actually on what would have been Rebecca's 40th birthday yeah. that we launched the Rebecca Jane Foundation. Yeah. And what we do is we help pay for the funerals of babies when parents find themselves in a really dire financial situation. And we, we have been um, very grateful for the donation towards some of our families, you know, of those uh, situations where, you know, the loss of a, of a bub to then, you know, where, where we could even be a single income family and not being able to come together with this money um, and to be able to pay that forward too is, is absolutely stunning. So Oh, yeah. We, yeah. we find that we have people from all walks of life and it may be that they are just in a financial crisis at the time. Yeah. So I remember one of the families that we helped was a, a young couple who'd put body and soul into getting their house and they moved into their house with this expectation that they, they were going to bring this baby home yeah. with them. And then suddenly they found that they didn't have a baby but they also had to pay for a funeral. Yeah. And I remember one day uh, when I was seeing, in my role as a funeral celebrant, I was seeing a family and... Uh, the dad said, I, I need to take this call. And so he went off and he came back and he put his hand on his wife's shoulder and he said to her, you don't have to worry. Uh, the bank has approved the increase on our mortgage to be able to pay for the oh. funeral. And I just went, you know, for the next 30 years, yeah. every payment that yeah. they were going to make towards that house also held that, that baby Yeah, funeral. it's a reminder of it every single time. Yeah, And I, and I just thought, we can't do this. We, no. we can't – I can't sit and watch this sort of stuff happening. So um, one of the families that we helped was a, a young man called James and James actually tracked me down oh, wow. and yep. uh, gave me a call and he said, Robin, I just want you to know how much I appreciate this help. He yeah. said, you know, I live in a two-storey house. I have two 
flash cars. Yeah. I got made redundant. I don't know where my next house payment's coming from. No. And, you know, suddenly you have provided this farewell for us. Yeah. That we had no idea how, how we were going to do it. He said, I just want you, I, I really want to make you understand how much this means to us. And I'm like, James, I know how much yeah, it means because yeah. that's how much it meant to me. Yeah, yeah. I remember a conversation um, at, at one stage, which was, I'm trying to think of the right nice way to be able to put this, but somebody sort of said to me, um, you know, I said I would never be able to, repay the Catholic Church for what they, they did for us. And somebody said to me, you've done that a hundred times over. Yeah. And I said, well, no, you don't understand. That That to me as a young mum was like being given a million dollars. It course. really yeah. was. You know, here's my child that I couldn't provide. It, it's hard enough to think that you, your child died. And, and there's a part of all of us, no matter how innocent it is, there's a part of all of us that will always say you know, did I do something wrong? Yeah, yeah. And that's going to happen. And when they eventually find out what causes SIDS, uh, all of those people whose children have died from SIDS are going to grieve again. Oh, yeah, oh, for sure. Because, for sure. you know, it may well have been something we unconsciously did. Yeah. Or it may have, you know, it may be something. We've got no idea what it is. But yeah. it may be something that may cause all of us to grieve again. Yeah. I would love to think that in my lifetime we find out what causes it. Yeah. But to my mind, I think that it's it's a combination of a few things mm -hmm. and there might be ten factors and it might take three factors yeah. for that child to actually die. And so the combination of those ten factors mm. only being three, it, it makes it every path they go down, yeah. it opens to another path. Yeah. So I think, you know, um, you know, we will all grieve again for our children and every parent wishes that they could have done something else for their yeah, child. Yeah. So, so when we started the foundation, which was on the 7th of the 8th... So Becky was born on the 7th of the 8th, 1978. I'm big yeah. on numbers. My yeah. son was born on the 12th of the 12th. <laughs> uh, so she was born on the 7th of the 8th, 78. So in 2018, on the 7th of August, we uh, had a launch of yeah. the foundation. Now... I had never run a charity before, but I had been a director of a credit union and so I knew the types of responsibilities that were going to be involved. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as much as what I could, I learned as much as what I could. I'm, I've got a half-written book at home saying you don't have to be mad to start a charity, <laughs> but it certainly helps uh, because it, it's it's not as easy as people think. No, uh, no. It's all the all the hoops, I guess, to jump through, and all the legalities yep. and things, and like the cost. That. Yeah, and yep. so it cost about ten grand to yeah. set up. Uh, but what I did, and I think was probably a really important part of it, was that I I actually gave that as a loan. Right. Um, and eventually, one day, that money will be paid back to me. Yeah. And the reason that I want that is because I never want to take ownership of it. It is not my foundation. Yeah. It is Rebecca's foundation. And I always feel um, in part of doing what I've done with directorships, I've, I'm a director mentor. Yeah. And so one of the things that I've seen in many organisations is the person who started it, who put all the money in, mm -hmm. then takes ownership and can't has to make all the decisions. They yeah. they force themselves to make all the decisions. 
And so that was one thing that I kind of said, I don't care when it gets paid back, but eventually, mm. you know, we're in a fin- financial position, it will be paid back so that it it then doesn't belong to me. Yeah. And and I think that's a really important part in, in running a charity. So how we actually help people is that uh, the social workers generally mm. will, at the hospitals, will ring us and say, we have a family in need. We don't have a strict criteria. Like, we yeah. don't make them fill out 100 forms. We are, at the moment, just putting in an application form purely so that we've got their story so that record. we can, yeah. you know, uh, share it with people who donate to us. But we don't have any criteria. So, like, the guy who lived in a two-storey house with the two flash mm. houses, he was in dire financial need at that time. Yeah. Now, I remember his words saying to me, I don't care how long it takes me, but we're going to pay you back tenfold. Yeah. And I know that will happen. Yeah. But I said to him, don't worry about that now. We'll be around. You know, you worry about getting your family and mm. everything uh, supported in that time. So we will get a phone call from a social, social worker and the social worker will say to us, we've got a family in need. They usually give us a little bit of a reason of why... Um, and it may be because they're out of work or it may be... It, it was interesting during COVID mm. that, that it, the demand on us actually wasn't that great because people had a little bit more income that they weren't paying for children's sport and, yeah, and all so that true. sort of stuff. So, goings. Yeah, yeah, so it was, it was kind of... It was a bit weird. We were kind of like we expected it to be worse, mm. but then you had people who were in a... Mm worst financial position because they both lost their jobs or yeah. whatever, you know. So we managed to get through that. But, of course, we couldn't fundraise because no, we couldn't have anything. You can't go out and do anything. Yeah. Uh, so we, you know, we do that. But we have um, – so then once once we get the call from the social worker, we'll work out with them where the family live um, and the, the hospitals cannot recommend funeral companies. No. No. They will give them a list of funeral companies, which yeah. is like kind of, you know, dumping it on them, oh, and then yeah. then be able Here's to say that. Here's a twenty-four page um, booklet. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. and they and they're not in the headspace to no. be able to do it. Their world has just, you know, very very rarely, I would say one percent, if that, are people who are expecting for this to happen. Yeah. So their headspace is just like, how did our world just get blown apart? And now you've given me a list of things. So we can say to them, you can't recommend someone, but we can. Yeah. So we'll work out, but we will never uh, make a family use a funeral director if they've already got a a Mm. relationship with another funeral director. So if mum died last year and and they're comfortable with that funeral director, we will work with that funeral director. Yeah. If they don't, then we have the opportunity then to be able to recommend companies like yours and yeah. and many others who really look after our families yeah. for us and we're Brilliant. confident yeah. that, that they can do that. Um, and then once that happens, we actually don't have any direct contact with our families. Yeah. Because I said, as soon as we do, I feel like there's a sense of obligation yeah. to pay yeah. back. Yeah. And... We didn't ever want that. That was a very strong part of why I started it was that I never wanted people to feel like they have to pay it back. Now, you know, some have. Some have received 
there is a government bereavement payment, yeah. but not everybody is eligible for it. No. So one family who were eligible for it found out later that they were. They actually rang the funeral director, found out how much the funeral was, gave that money back to us and then gave us $1,000 to be able to help another family. Oh, far out, yeah. So that will happen over time. Yeah. I would say probably 20% of our yeah. families will be in that position yeah. and the other 80% probably would love to, but, you know, maybe they won't be able to buy a raffle ticket in a raffle that we have yeah. or some little thing that they'll be able I to do. I guess it's on the other side, like on our side as funeral directors too, is being able to look at a family and what their conditions are and not just automatically going, well, look, I can, I can get you not to pay for your funeral and this is how we're going to do it. Like we often look at it and see what their circumstances are and, you know, out of work or, you know, I'll often say this is this is the price, this is what it'll be for, say, a no-service cremation. Um, oh, geez, you know, I can't pay that or whatever and, you know, we're really tight and we don't have grandparents around. So that's how we normally assess of, you know, do we reach out to Rebecca Jane Foundation and say can you help this family in need um, rather than, you know, giving it to every single person just because they, and I'll use the word, you know, get a freebie. Um, because I think sometimes in society now I've found is everyone's after the buck. Whatever they can do to save themselves some money, they'll do it. And with other organisations along the track that I've had dealings with have been quite similar, you know. Um, I will just give out money willy-nilly and no one appreciates it. And what I find with this system too is, especially when it comes to children and babies and things like that, that's important. A majority of our families are either already had a child or this is their very first. Never, and, and it's the stigma with it too, like what you said in the early days. Absolutely. So for us um, to be able to reach out to you and say we've got a, a family in need and not, I think, what you said about them feeling obligated or you now need to ring Robin or whoever and explain your case, it's just like it can be done. Yes. And there's nothing – you don't need to do anything else apart from sign our document here. That's, that's all right. it is. That's right. And How that, simple is that? That's, that was what was important to me, that yeah. it's not this big rigmarole that people have to go through because they're not in the headspace no, to be they're able not. to do that. No, they're not. What we're finding now too, though, is that we're actually often just playing the role of advocate. So, so a family will come to us, um, and they'll they'll need, and then we'll be able to, particularly interstate, we'll be able to ring the funeral director, and explain to them who we are and what what we do, and often they will say, "Okay, well, we can do it for X amount," and then we go back to the family, and the family say, "Oh, we can afford that." Yeah, yeah. You definitely. know, so instead of, you know, let me pick a figure of $3,000, yeah. they have to come up with $1,200. Yeah. And, you know, often now we've got oh, – the family have all got together and we can raise that sort of money. Yeah. But they couldn't raise the no, $3,000 three no. that, that needed it. No. For some people – and, you know, one of the things that we're fighting for, particularly in Victoria, Australia, is that we are fighting for the cremation fee to be waived – for babies mm. under one. Yeah. Uh, and because that, you know, that's an added cost. And so we're currently lobbying people 
the people involved to be able to see whether we can get that change. It's taken us a few years, yeah. but we're still we're we're starting to make progress. So, and the other issue is the cost of burial sites because for some people, oh, that's a joke now. Burial is really really important. Oh, it's definitely. cultural. Yeah, it's you know we've we've had several families where we've said, um, you know, they've wanted cremation service, mm. and then. The, the religious person from that community yeah. has gone to them and said, no, you can't cremate, no. you must bury. Yeah. And the cost of burial sites in Australia, across Australia, varies so much. Yeah. So we, we have a cap, but we're now, we've just changed in December, we've become more flexible about yeah. how the amount of money is spent. Yeah. So therefore, you know, before we could only donate the cost of cremation yeah. to make it fair on everyone. But but now we've been able to make a set amount yeah. and and that's what we can cover. Now, sometimes I just had one in Sydney uh, where the funeral director didn't charge anything at all yeah. and we were able to pay for the burial site. Now, yeah, 12 beautiful. months ago we couldn't have done that. No. But no. we were able to get that and, and the funeral director said to me, look, I've got four healthy kids. I, you know, mm. this is my way of being able to help somebody else. So, yeah. so now we're finding ourselves in this advocacy role as well, which is great. It's a win for everyone. Yeah. It's a win for the funeral director because let me tell you, that mm. funeral director who who did the funeral of my baby had my my loyalty from yeah. then on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So anyone else in the family, when my aunt died, I immediately yeah. said, yeah. go to this funeral company. You know, yeah, it's that the, whole goodwill and and that, it is. Yeah, moving forward. So so great. they win, the family win, yeah. and we win because we're not actually giving out any money, but we're helping people. Yeah, exactly. So so you know we see our role now, and I'm guessing probably, you know, going on what's happened in the last say three months. 25% of our work has actually been advocacy work. Oh, beautiful. You yeah. know, because people can get together a little bit of money. It's just when it's a big lot of money and you're on a single income. Yeah. And it's bad enough. You know, so so years ago, before we started, years ago, a funeral director would then just carry a bad debt. Yeah. Right? They'd write it off. It's not a huge amount of money to them. Yeah. It's, you know, it's like well, some, but, but it's not, uh, you know, a big thing. But to that family, you know, if I'm so grateful that our church paid for Becky's funeral, yeah. what must it be like to mm. live with the fact that not only did your baby die, but you couldn't even afford to bury it? Yeah. Like how does that sit with people? who left a bad debt, knowing that they left a bad debt. Yeah. Now you'd have the odd person who'd go, oh, who cares? They, you know, yeah. in, in people's minds, oh, funeral yeah. directors yeah. make a lot of oh, money. We both know that to be different. <laughs> but, you know, um, they, yeah. you know, a small percentage wouldn't, but the majority would mm. be, oh, my God, my child died yeah. and I couldn't even afford to pay for their funeral. Yeah. That must be so... Oh. You know, just sit in your gut. Oh, definitely. For the rest of your life. Yeah. You and know. even if they then have to reach out to some of the family and then they feel once again obligated. And I've heard of families where, you know, dad is offered it or the uncle's offered it. And it might only be a couple of hundred bucks, but it's like, oh, you're going to pay me back. Yes. And it's like, well, wh why can't that be an offering that you're giving 
to help them through their process of grief. That's right. Like rather than, well, you know, and it's always, I guarantee it, when they get into a heated argument that that would come up, that I paid 200 bucks towards your child's funeral Mm -hmm. and uh, it's like, Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, I don't know how society is going to change with that. I don't think we ever will, um, unfortunately. Um, I know. I, I often think about, you know, the way we react to a crisis. So say if we went back to Princess Diana mm. and the amount of flowers that oh, were yeah. bought, that were placed in front of the palace, right, the cost of those flowers plus the cost of cleaning it up, yeah. imagine if that money went to a charity instead. Oh, for in sure. Her, in her name. That's like, right. Like just yeah. create a charity in her name. Yeah. And all of that money went to something good. Rather than it just dying on the street. Dying on the street. And, and, and we see it all the time. It happens yeah. all the time. Whenever there's a tragedy, oh, people yeah. go out and they buy flowers and they, you know. I mean, I love the fact that now at funerals, you know, people request donations to things instead yeah. of bringing well, yeah. flowers. I try to recommend that families try to do... You know, if possible, no flowers by request, donations to or giving them that option. But you're always going to have families that are going to bring it because it's part of their culture. That's right. Um, but, yeah, to be able to put money into something that's going to have a reward or uh, it's going to go towards a good thing rather than, yeah, you, you know, you've spent $100 on flowers that the family may not even take with them. That's right. It might be a wreath and, you know, you don't want to take them home. So, you know, and and for small charities particularly, you know, one of one of the things we did during COVID was that we we actually kind of had enough money to keep us going. Yeah. Uh, so we get all our monies by donations. Yeah. Uh, we have a wonderful sponsor in the Bendigo Bank that regularly give us money every year, and they started. Do you stand with there us and go? Please, more, please. But the wonderful part about Bendigo Bank, not only that they actually, you know, support communities, but they took a risk on us as an unknown charity to... To give money to. To give money to, you know. So true. And then one of the years when I went there, um, they gave us... On average, they've given us $3,000 a year. Yeah. And um, depending on on the funeral director that we use, we could we could do anything from three through to six funerals with that oh, amount of money, beautiful. right? So, um, so and one year when I went to get the check, unbeknownst to me, there was a man. Oh, I don't know whether it was a man. Actually, could have been a woman um, <laughs> who was in uh, the audience, and um, he then had a, um, what do you call it, a term deposit rollover. Yeah. And he picked five charities that he saw that night and gave them $5,000 each. Oh, far out. You know, and so that to us was just like gold. Anonymous, didn't want to be known, you know, just out of the goodness of their heart. Yeah. They gave us this money, you know. But the charity dollar is really hard. The charity dollar to get money is really hard because – we're not a big charity. We can't advertise on radio. We can't advertise no, anywhere. No. And I won't advertise. Even our, our Facebook, uh, so we're Rebecca Jane Foundation on fa- Facebook. Even our Facebook page, and please like us, if, if yeah. please follow <laughs> us, because, you know, Facebook is a really good medium for us. But even on there, um, 
to be able to uh, get money donated, um, you know, we need to have yeah. spread the word. We need to spread the word. So, and I think I just got lost somewhere in my conversation <laughs> then. So, you know, forgive me, I am old. Um, so, so. Um, Should but, have seen me trying to get you up the stairs. That was a lot. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> He's cheeky, yeah, this one. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the charity dollar and having someone like, Bendigo Bank, or just our donors. There was there was one lady who worked for a company, and they've got a donation program going. Yeah. And she used to give us five dollars a week, and, oh, wow. and like that was just yeah. you know. And she apologised when she thing. retired. It's a big, yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, it's an offering, and it every dollar counts. Absolutely. When, when people say, "Oh, but I don't have you know big big dollars," it's like it doesn't matter because it's all the other people that have given in little bits. That yep. all account to be – it might be one funeral that That's you're right. able to offer or, you know, any anything counts. So for those that are listening, go and follow Rebecca Jane Foundation on Facebook um, and, yeah, follow certainly their journey with what they're doing. Um, if people wish to donate, like what do they do? What's the – They can go to the website. Yeah, and what uh, is that? So that's – those W's, <laughs> you just did that, so I have to say It's RJF, so Rebecca Jane Foundation, rjf.org.au. So it's it's little side note here on .org.au. You have to be a registered charity to be able to get a .org.au. Yeah. But a .org can be anybody can be a business, can oh, be wow, anyone. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so be so mindful of that. Be mindful of are, that when you're giving you to someone, uh, particularly in the US, um, anyone can have a .org uh, oh. thing. So .org.au is registered charities. We are 100% volunteers. So yeah. no one gets paid, no one, you know, my... My celebrant business carries a lot of the yeah, uh, administration yeah, costs right. and stuff yeah. like that because I would rather that money be go, be used for yeah. things. You know, we have to pay for insurances and stuff like that because we're required to. But that's a whole other story. I could go down what, the soapbox about that. What if people wanted to put on an event, or if they're out there and they've had a loss of a child or a baby or anything else like that over the years? And they, they feel, you know, deep in their heart that they want to be able to, like, donate towards the charity. Yep. But if they want to put on an event like a, you know, a, um, oh, what, what could you say, like a, a fun run or, a, you know, uh, a morning tea yep. um, or any other sort of spot or even, a you know, a, a trivia night and they, yep. you know, raise money. Um, is there anything like any literature or any any other things that you can give them to give Absolutely. to these people? Yeah. Absolutely. And if it's in Melbourne, I'm more than happy to go. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a beautiful group of women called Creating the Magic. And wow. last year in November, they put on an Oaks Day function for us. Oh, uh, yeah. And yeah. it was just amazing. It yeah. was absolutely fantastic. It was a high tea and we had the races going and yeah. everybody had a wonderful time and they raised nearly $7,000 for us. So, yeah. Yeah. And for a small charity, $7,000 is an immense oh, amount of money. So that's huge. So we have every year we have a function on Bereaved Mother's Day. Yeah. So Bereaved Mother's Day is the week before Mother's Day. So it's the Sunday before Mother's Day. 
and like our babies, it comes early. So it's yeah. it's a great opportunity to do something if you're in Melbourne yeah. uh, to be able to go to one of our functions and that's always on our Facebook page. Yeah. It's not up there for this year yet but it will be next week. Yeah. So I've just got to find some time to be <laughs> yeah, able to do yeah. it. But, but please, you know, yeah. That pl- sort of thing, anything that, you know, we will give you as much support as mm. what we can uh, yeah. if you're raising money for us. That would, yeah. yeah. And, Look, and also sure. with... Also with, um, you know, uh, what do they call them? Bequests. Yes. So, you know, we had a lovely, I had a lovely phone call from a funeral director not very long ago um, who said, have you got envelopes for your foundation? Because uh, the lady who has died, her granddaughter three years ago Mm -hmm. was helped by your foundation. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I went. It's the whole repeat turnover yeah, absolutely. That's, um, that's unbelievable. You know, so yeah. when you're making your will, you know, it might be one percent of your yeah. thing, which is, you know, often when people have three children, thirty-three percent, one percent, give to a charity, yeah, preferably ours. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> not that I'm forward Rebecca or anything. Jane Foundation, so. <laughs> get that in your head right now. Yeah, look, no, I think, I think, you know, unfortunately, you had to go through your own bereavement to be able to make a foundation for um, Rebecca. But I'm just so glad that you did, you know, because I know there's other charities and other things out there and, and but I just, there's no story behind it. It's just, it, it tends to be very corporate and this is how you do things. And But, you know, to, to hear a story like what you've told us today and then, it's going to pull at a lot of people's heartstrings too. And like we said, you know, a little bit goes a long way. Well, it's interesting that you say, you know, it's not my foundation. Um, And in fact, when um, just before we we launched, uh, I was able to contact... Where'd you go on the launch? (laughs) I was able to contact Father Nicholas Punch, who yeah. was our parish priest at the time. He's been in America for now 35 years. Yeah. And he was coming to Australia to visit his family in Queensland. So I jumped on a plane and went to Queensland and said, I want to talk to you. And I told him what I was doing. And he said to me, Robin, I am so proud of you for oh. what you're doing. And I said, Nick, no. This is your foundation yeah. and Becky's foundation because if you hadn't have done it for us... You wouldn't be where you are now with it. We, with this thing foundation. wouldn't have existed. Yeah. It was your kindness and your thoughtfulness of doing that for us yeah. that has created this. It's Becky's legacy but it's your thought behind it. So it's not my foundation, it's Nick's and Becky's. Yeah. Oh, no, I think, I think for those people that... Um, you know, if you've got anything sort of laying around or you want to be able to make a difference to uh, to some beautiful families, please go and uh, make a donation to uh, Rebecca Jane Foundation. And what's the website again? <laughs> it's www.rjf.org.au. Oh, brilliant. Well, thank you so much, Robin, for coming in and being able to share, um, you know, Rebecca's foundation rebecca jane foundation remember that tell all your friends and family about it as well um and uh, you can just replay the podcast if you've missed the the website um or you can get in touch with us on our socials so thank you so much robin and uh we look forward to talking to you again 
Well, thank you very much, everyone, for joining us once again for another episode of Let's Chat About Death. And a big cheers to Robin O'Connell in coming in today and being able to talk to us about uh, Rebecca Jane Foundation. So for whatever you're doing or if you're going to work or just laying around doing nothing, uh, enjoy the rest of your day or night. And uh, thank you for... uh, coming in and listening.